0: Well, today is uh, part five of our series called AHA, where we've been taking the last five weeks to look at the story of the prodigal son as Jesus talks about it in Luke chapter 15. And what we're trying to discover for all of ourselves is how to have an AHA experience, whether it's a, a sin that you need to overcome, or maybe it's something like you just find yourself out of shape, or your marriage isn't quite at the place that you want it to be, or, you know, just some other things in life. All of us need to have this AHA experience. Now, in case you haven't been with us for this series, let me explain what AHA is. Basically, it's just simply an acrostic that stands for Awakening, Honesty, and Action. All of us at some point, and we're going to see here, that all of us at some point have something in our lives that we have to have this sort of sudden awakening. Then an alarm sort of goes off in our lives, and we realize things just simply aren't where they need to be right now. And then we need to get brutally honest about that, to say, you know what, I have sinned. I have done this. And we don't deny it. We don't blame it. And we realize that there's consequences if we can keep doing the actions that we're doing. And that leads to what we're going to talk about then today, because as I've shared with you throughout the series, if you don't have all three of these elements, then you're not going to have an aha. You can't just simply have the awakening, have the honesty, and then have no action. So... We've been looking at the story of the prodigal son. Let me once again just sort of recap what we've uh, sort of looked at so far with this story. Jesus is making this up. It's a a point that he's trying to make. But he says there was once this guy, and he had two sons, and this man was very, very rich. And basically the the youngest son comes up to him one day and says, Dad, I want my share of the inheritance, and I want it right now. Basically this is like the son saying to his dad, I wish that you were dead. The father, he, he gives him all the money. And the son, he he leaves home and he goes off to what Jesus describes as a distant country. And it's there that he squanders his wealth and wild living. And you can use your imagination of, you know, what that would look like. But regardless, he's taken all this money that he had been given and he blows it all. And then a famine comes upon the land. Now he's even got it worse. And he finds himself working a job feeding pigs. And all of a sudden he has an awakening one day that, oh my goodness, these pigs have it better than what I do. And he gets honest, as we talked about last week, with his, with his situation. And he realizes that he sinned. And Today we're going to talk about the action that he takes. Let me, though, read the Scriptures, though, again, just so we, we get this. In Luke chapter 15, verse 17, it says, When he, meaning the prodigal son, finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. So that phrase that when he came to his senses, that's the awakening. That's the alarm goes off. And then it says that he said to himself. In other words, he, he starts to get honest about the situation that he finds himself in. He says, I'm going to go home. Verse 18 and 19. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned both against heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Treat me like one of your hired workers. Notice his honesty there. He doesn't blame others. He doesn't deny the situation. He doesn't say, I was forced to do it. He doesn't blame his dad or his brother. He says, no, I have messed up, and now I'm ready to face the consequences. And so let's continue on then with the story in verse 20, the very first part of that verse. It says, the younger son did what? The younger son, what's it say? The younger son got up and started back to his father. He takes immediate action." Someone once said this, you don't show what you know until you act on the fact. Let me say that again. You don't show what you know until you act on the fact. It wasn't enough that he had been awakened. It wasn't enough that he had gotten honest. Now he has to actually act upon that. And you need to do the exact same thing. You need to act after you've been awakened. You need to act after you've become honest. It was true in the story of the prodigal son. It's going to be true in your potential aha story as well unless you take a next step, then it's all useless. Let me give you an example of this from the business world. Back in the late 1990s, how many of you remember Blockbuster Video? Did you have a Blockbuster card? Did you go to Blockbuster? That's where you rented your movies, right? Late 90s, they dominated the market. They had... Over 9,000 stores and over 60,000 employees. Dominated. It was during this time in the late 90s that they had the opportunity to buy a small little startup company called Netflix for just a million or two million dollars. But they chose not to. Fast forward to the year 2000. The executives were having a meeting and they had an awakening. They were like, people's habits are starting to change of how they're consuming videos. And they even got honest about it. They said, we're going to have to eventually change ourselves. At the same time, in the year 2000, they had the opportunity to buy Netflix again, this time for $50 million. So it went up from a couple million to now $50 million. But even though they had an awakening, even though they had gotten honest, they didn't take immediate action. And the rest, as they say, is history. Because today, there is no blockbuster video. And I looked it up this week on Thursday. Netflix's uh, uh, total value as a company is $89.5 billion. They had the awakening. They had the honesty. They didn't take the action. That's a great example of how all three is needed. Now, here we're just talking about a business. In our case, we're talking about our lives. Our lives are way more valuable than what a company will ever be. So here's what I want you to do. Turn to the person sitting next to you and say, don't be a blockbuster. <laughs> when you have your awakening, when you have your brutal honesty, take immediate action. Take immediate action. Because if not, your potential aha story is just going to be a miserable story. Because now you've been awakened to your sin or whatever's wrong in your life. Now you have the honesty about all of it, but you're still just stuck in it. So you've got to take action right away. Let me give you another example here. I was reading a couple weeks ago that, did you know that the middle of October is more than likely the least amount of weight that you'll weigh for the rest of the year? For the average American, it's the middle of October. That's the, the, the least amount that you weigh for the rest of the year. Here's why. Two, two reasons. The first one is this. As the weather starts to get colder, we become less and less active. We sit around a little bit more. The other thing is, think about October, November, December. What do we have? Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. How many of you sometimes eat a little bit more food during October, November, December than uh, maybe what you should, right? So chances are, at some point in the next month or two, you're going to step on a scale and you're going to look down and you're going to go, oh boy. You're going to be awakened to the fact that you have put on a few pounds. You may even get honest with yourself that you know what? This number... It's unacceptable. But if you don't take action, then it doesn't matter that you were awakened. It doesn't matter that you were honest. And here's what we need to understand about the whole aha experience. Honesty or uh, uh, the action, that's the hardest one. It's easy to step on the scale and be awakened and, and get honest that I don't want to be like this. But actually dieting, actually exercising, that's hard. Now I'm I'm just using, you know, getting on a scale because that's something that all of us can relate to at some point in life. But remember, aha is about having these aha experiences in both the, the big things and the little things of life. That you get awake and you, you get honest, but then you've got to take action no matter what it is. And again, action is the hardest one you find yourself addicted to something, you can have that awakening. You can get honest about your situation, but unless you have the courage to to go to rehab or get some counseling, the first two don't matter. You've got to take action. You can be awakened and and have honesty that maybe your marriage isn't quite where you want it to be, but if you don't have the courage to, to ask for some help and to get some counseling, then you're in a bad spot. You can be involved in some sort of a sin, but if you never take action to repent of it, Jesus actually says you're worse off than people that are doing the exact same sin, but yet don't know, that they haven't been awakened. Because now you know, but yet you're still doing it. So we've got to take action. Again, action is the hardest thing, but yet that's exactly what the prodigal son does. Here in verse 20, again, what does it say that he did? He did what? He he got up. He got up, he he took some action. Now, as I've shared with you throughout this series, Jesus is making up this story. So he can use any characters in the story, he can use any words in the story that he wants to. But he uses this phrase, got up, I think for a reason. See, we think of, okay, it was just that the the prodigal son, he was there amongst the pigs and stuff, and he's awake and he has honesty, and so he decides to to get up from his situation and and to start to walk home. And and literally, that's what Jesus is saying. But there's more to it than just that. Because the actual Greek word that we translate as got up is anistemi. Anistemi. And here's what's cool about that word. Anistemi... Doesn't mean just to get up. It's the exact same word that we use in in English for resurrection. To rise again. To start a brand new life. So the prodigal son wasn't just getting up and walking back home. He was getting up to a brand new life. He's like, I'm leaving that life behind. I'm not going to be a part of that anymore. The old me has died. There's now a a new me that's coming to life. And I'm going to return back to my Father. And see, that's what God wants for your life. He wants you to get awakened. He wants you to get honest. But then He wants you to take action, but not just any type of action. An action that that sort of says to the rest of the world that 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 me doesn't exist anymore that person that was rolling around with the the pigs and the pig slop and everything. That's not me. I'm not living here any longer. There's a new me coming to life and I am walking back to my Father. I'm leaving behind that life of sin. I'm leaving behind that bad habit. I'm taking action to get my life right with God. See, getting up can change everything. Getting up is the difference between a divorce and Mending your marriage. Getting up is the difference between struggling with addiction and freedom. Getting up is the, you know, the difference between giving in the peer pressure and, and leaving behind all the stuff that you swore you would never do. Getting up is, is not being alone anymore because you decide, you know what? I'm going to go and actually forgive this person. All of us need to get up. And So the question this morning is this. What do you need to get up from? What is it that you've been awakened to throughout this series, or maybe even just sitting here this morning, you've gotten awoken to, to something that just simply isn't right. It could be sin, it could be something else. It just simply isn't right, and you've gotten honest, and you're like, you know what, it's, it's me. I'm not blaming others, I'm not denying, and I realize that there's consequences for my action, and I need to get up. I need to walk away from that. What is that for you? Let me give you three questions this morning that you need to sort of answer for yourself if you're going to be able to to sort of get up. If you're taking notes, the first one is this. Where am I at? Where am I at? For the prodigal son, he had to get honest and come to grips with the fact that where he was at was unacceptable. And you've got to do the exact same thing. You've got to realize that God has something much better planned for you than where you currently uh, find yourself unless you get to that place, you'll never have the the motivation to get up. I mentioned this to you, I I believe it was last week, but we as humans do more to avoid pain than we do to gain pleasure. We hate change. And so even though we know that some things are bad for us or we shouldn't be doing it, the the pain and the thought of changing is greater than the the pain of the, the pleasure that we would get if we actually did change. And so, so think of it Think of it this way. Here is where you're currently at. And God wants you to be over here. So the, the question is, how do we get from here to there? Because there is so much better, right? In your mind, you know that there is a better place. But yet you find yourself stuck here. And again, the reason you find yourself stuck right here is the, the, the pain of the sacrifice and the the changes, it hasn't become great enough in your mind yet. And so what we need to do is get to the place where we realize, if I stay here, there's consequences. This is going to be bad. And the pain of staying here actually becomes greater than the change. It becomes greater than the sacrifices that we're going to have to make to get to there. So that's where you got to get really, really honest with yourself and say, where am I at? And is it okay that I'm here? And start to look at all the, the cons of staying where you're at right now. Again, until you get to that place, you'll never have the motivation to get up and start heading off to over there. But once you get to that place, when you say, you know what, it sucks right here. I can't stay right here any longer then you're going to be ready to take the first of many steps that God wants you to take to get you to the place where He would have you to be. you got to get honest. you got to get honest. What is it like right here? Where am I at? For the prodigal son, he realized, I'm living in a pig pen. I'm starving to death. These pigs have a better life than what I have. My father's hired men have a better life than what I have. And so the the pain of staying where he was at was greater than any consequences he knew that he would face when he returned back home. And so that's why scripture says he got up and he started back to his father. Second question you need to ask yourself then is this Where am I going? Where am I going? Now, to be clear, you're not going to have all the answers of where it is that you're going, but you need to at least know the general direction. What is the the, the next one or two steps to to sort of get there? My wife, Lisa, is, uh, how shall we say this, um, directionally challenged, all right? Uh, She thinks that GPS, though, stands for the Gilbert Positioning System, because I'm not directionally challenged. I'm one of those people that I just have a very good sense of direction. I think I got it from my dad. He he, uh, he does a lot of this, too, that, you know, it drives Lisa crazy. Well, actually, it doesn't. She's sort of actually impressed, you know. Uh, but <laughs> it, it's one of these things, like, we'll be on vacation somewhere, and it only takes, like, a day or so for me to, like, okay, this landmark's over here, and this landmark's there, and that one's there, that one's there, and where we're staying is sort of over here. And so we'll just be out driving somewhere, and instead of sticking to the sort of main roads, I'll be like, oh, let's take the scenic tour, No GPS or anything, but I know that, okay, our place we're staying is in that general direction, and there's that landmark that's sort of near there. As long as we just keep sort of heading in that direction, we'll eventually get back to our place. And see, God is the same way. God isn't going to give you all the turn-for-turn directions right up front. You know what God says? Here's the general direction that I want you to go, and just start taking a step, and then a next step, and a next step, going in that direction. And eventually you'll get to the place where I want you to be. And so you don't have to have all the answers of where it is that you're going. You just have to have a general sense of what God's will is for you and then just start taking what we would call around here next steps. And that's what happens for the prodigal son. When he decides to get up out of the pig pen... He just knows that his destination is return home. He doesn't have all the answers. How long is it going to take? What am I going to do for food and water and shelter? He just knows that I can't stay here anymore, and it's much better for me over there. And so I'm going to rise up. I'm going to start a brand new life, and I'm just going to start heading back to my father. We need to do the exact same thing. Now, if you've been with us throughout the series, we've been uh, in our life groups looking at the the stories of three different uh, people. We've been watching these episodes each week, and these people have made some horrible, horrible decisions, and they're paying the consequences for it, as we've seen now in the the last two weeks. But now they're in the place that they've been awoken. They're awake now, and the alarm has gone off, and they've gotten brutally honest that, okay, this is on me. I and I alone have sinned. And one of those uh, people in the story is this woman named Angela. She was you know, wanting to go off to medical school, she had gotten accepted to medical school, but she couldn't afford it. She was working for her dad at his restaurant. He, he couldn't afford it. And so she decides to leave her father's house to go out and become a stripper. And what we've discovered over the last couple weeks is that that's not quite the life that she thought it was going to be. And so what we'll see this week is she's got to that place. She She's awake. She's honest. Now it's time for her to head back home. Take a look at this. Angela? hi. you've got to get back out there. He's going to kill you, please. I can't. What are you doing? you got two minutes. I'm done. I'm going home to my dad. Angela, please. You get back in there. You get back in there. Look at you. Look at you! Stop! <laughs> <laughs> To go home your dad. Does he know what you are? I know what you are. You're trash. You take your clothes off for money. You're a junkie. Angela, you are. You'll sell anything. You'll do anything for that next year, won't you? Yeah, I know about that. Yeah. So when you go home to daddy and he slams a door in your face, Don't come crawling back to me. She doesn't have all the answers. She knows she needs to return back to her father. It's the same, same for you. First, where am I? Then ask, where is it that I'm going? For some of you, that may mean, you know, saying, I don't have all the answers. I, I don't even know if I believe in this whole Christianity thing and the whole Bible thing and this whole church thing and everything. But for you, the next step is just head in the general direction and say, okay, I don't understand it all, but I'm going to keep coming to church every week and try to, try to figure it all out. For others of you, it may mean losing your friends. But you're like, you know what? I can't stay here anymore and do all the partying and everything that they're doing. And even if I lose my friends, it's going to be so much better when I'm over here. And yes, there's going to be pain and there's going to be difficulty there's going to be sacrifices of leaving them behind, but I'm rising up to a new life. And the consequences of of staying here are so much greater than if I have a little bit of consequences of losing those friends to, to get over here, to have the life that I know God would have for me. All of us have to make this decision. Are we going to stay where we're at or are we going to end up where God wants us to be? For Some of you, you need to to forgive your parents. Why? Because Jesus said we're to forgive. For others of you, you, you have somebody that you know you did something wrong to them and you hurt them and you need to be honest with them. But yet you've denied it or you've hid it in the past. But you got to say, you know what, I'm not living here in dishonesty anymore. I'm going to get up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become honest. Because the, the, the consequences of over there is so much greater than the consequences of coming clean with this person that I hurt. You see, when you can see past the present into the future that God has for you, that's what makes action possible. That helps you to to know where it is that God would have you to be. It makes it possible for you to get up. One last question you have to ask then is this. Who is waiting for me? Who is it that's waiting for me? For the, the prodigal son, he knew that it was his father that was going to be waiting for him. But yet he was in for a great surprise. Look at verses 20 to 24. The younger son got up and started back to his father. But when he was still a what? What does it say? When he was still a, a long way off, his father saw him and felt sorry for him. And he did what? He, he ran to his son and hugged and kissed him. The son said, Father, I have sinned against God in heaven and against you. I am no longer good enough to be called your son. But his father said to the servants, Hurry and bring the best clothes and put them on him. Give him a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. Get the best calf and prepare it so that we can eat and celebrate. This son of mine was dead, but now he has come back to life. He was lost. Now he has been found. And so they began to celebrate. God, your heavenly Father, he loves you so much. that he wants you to come back. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter how much you were rolling around in the pig pen and and playing with the pigs, how dirty you are. His number one desire is that you would return back to him. And there's two things I want to point out from, from this passage of Scripture that we just read. The first is this, and I, I had you sort of say it out loud, that it says that when the son was still a long way off, his father spotted him. Again, Jesus is making up this story, but he's, he's being very intentional here with his language. See, what I think he's trying to get across to us is this, that every single day the father would stand out on the hillside by the, the town that they live and look off into the distance hoping and praying that this is the day that my son returns back home. And on this particular day, there he was. And you need to understand the same thing for your life. That if you're not in a right place with God, if you're still over here and you're rolling around with the pigs, God, He is looking at you And he is hoping and praying that today would be the day that you would return back. And if you'll return back to him, there's another cool part of this story. It says when the father spotted him, the father did what? What did it say? The father ran to him. Now, here's why this is significant. In Jewish culture, that day and time, men never ran. It was undignified for a man to run. Here's the reason why. If you ran, you would have to sort of hike up your tunic because it it was long. And you didn't want to trip over it as you would be running. So to to run, you'd have to hike it up to to sort of take off and, and start running. But in the midst of doing that, your legs would be exposed. And for a Jewish man to bear his legs like that, that was considered to be shameful. Now here's something else you need to understand. In that day and time, if an adult son, like in this story that Jesus is telling, did something to dishonor his father, I mean like greatly dishonor and disrespect the family, the whole community of people in their village would come together And they would perform this ceremony that's called the Kezaza ceremony. And basically what they do is they would take a pot and they would throw it down and it would break. And that was sort of signifying that you so hurt your father and you so hurt this community that our relationship is broken. And in the same way that we couldn't put together this pot again, we can never be restored to you because of what you did to hurt your father. And so as Jesus is telling this story, he says, while the son was still a long way off, his father spotted him, and the father ran to him. Why would he run to him? Why would he shame himself? Well, the rest of the community would be like, there's a guy running. (laughs) We don't see that every day. What's going on? Let's let's go out and and follow. Let's see what all the commotion is about. And in this story, the father wanted to get to the son before the community did. So that the community, when they got there, they could see that the father loved his son and had forgiven the son. It was almost like he was saying, please, 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 don't do this kazaza ceremony. Don't reject him forever. In other words, the father was willing to take on shame himself so that his son wasn't shamed. And folks, here's what we need to realize. That's the story of Christianity. That God, our Heavenly Father, was willing to take on the shame of our sin by hanging on a cross so that you don't have to. So that you don't have to be rejected by God forever. That's good news. He took on our shame. We're the ones that was rolling around with the pigs. We're the ones that got dirty. We're we're the sinners. We're the ones that should have consequence for that. But God says, I'll take that for you. I'll take the consequences. I'll take the pain. I'll take the, the shame myself and I will allow you to get up. Get up to a brand new life where you leave that life behind and you start fresh. Not because you deserve it, but because of His amazing grace. That's the story of the prodigal son. Where's the shame from his father? Where's the, the consequences? Where's the condemnation? Where's the punishment? Where's the rejection? It's not there. Instead, what is there? There's celebration. That this son of mine, he once was lost, but now he is found. Again, that, that's our story. We are the prodigal son in the story. Here's what we need to realize. Whatever it is, whatever it is, that you've done. If you'll be have that awakening, if you'll get honest about your situation and you'll get up and start just taking some steps back to the Father, guess what? The Father will run and greet you. Again, we're not sure how we're going to get all the way back to the Father. You don't have to get all the way back to the Father. He's coming to you. But you've got to get up. You've got to take some action. The Bible would simply call that repentance. That you were wallowing around here in the, with the pigs. You were going your way. You were going Satan's way. You were going the world's way. Just say, no more. I'm turning around just heading back to God. That's aha. That's aha. And that's what God wants for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are patiently waiting on our return. And you would do anything to have us back in your house. In fact, You actually demonstrated that by going to the cross in the person of Jesus. We lived the perfect and sinless life that we could never live and then died on the cross for the the life that we are living. That, That life of wallowing around in the mud with the pigs. You did that for me and you did that for every single person that's sitting here and every single person that's listening to this podcast. Jesus, we thank you that you did that for us. Help us to wake up. Help us to to have that alarm go off about things that are in our lives that are displeasing to you and help us to get honest about it not blame other people, not deny it and just realize that, you know what, I'm tired of living here. I don't want to be here anymore and so I'm going to get up from here and head back over there into the, the loving embrace of my Heavenly Father who loves me so much. Lord, it's as simple as that. That if we'll seek after you, you will in turn seek after us even more so. So Lord, I don't know what your spirit is speaking to each and every person here this morning, but I'm sure all of us have something in our lives that we need to have an aha experience. So Lord, help us to right now Just make the commitment that I'm going to take a next step today, and another step tomorrow, and another one the next day after that. And Lord, we know that when we commit to doing that, you give us a brand new life. We are resurrected. The old has gone, and the new has come. So we thank you. We thank you for the the stories that we're already hearing of people having aha experiences, and how their lives are already changing, and we Thank you for the stories we're going to continue to hear over the coming weeks and months and even years. As people sell out fully to you. As we realize that 99.9% obedience to you is still disobedience. That we get to the place to say, Jesus, here I am, all of me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Make me whole. I'm going to give my entire life back to you. Jesus, again, thank you because we can't do that ourselves, but you can do that for us. And so change us and transform us more and more into your image and likeness. And I pray this in your precious name. Amen.